0: We're going to talk about a guy, a little guy, a wee little guy today named Zacchaeus. We're continuing on this wonderful series, The King Has Come. And guess what? The king is coming again. That's the second part of the message. The king is coming again. We learned that the king, he came to take away the sins of the world a couple weeks ago. Last week, we learned that he came to destroy what? What? Yes, I love that. He came to destroy the works of the devil. I don't know what that does to me, but just like, yeah. If there's any superhero out there, it's Jesus. He is the superness, super, whatever that word would be, the superness of superheroes. And we're here to worship him today. Um, Let's go ahead and just pray again and humble ourselves before the Lord. God, I believe you have a word here for us today. So we humble ourselves before you. God, we thank you that you came to take away the sins of the world, that you love sinners, and you love to take away their shame, their guilt, and their fear. And God, you destroyed the works of the devil And Lord, today we're going to look to your word as the king that has come to seek and save that which is lost. So in this moment, Lord, we we give everyone and everything to you. We surrender this time and we ask, Lord, to hear from heaven and transform our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen hey, do you have time for a story? Too bad, it's my time. (laughs) I got a lot of embarrassing stories, but here's one. My wife and I, we got to travel. We got to backpack Europe when we first were married. That's like 26 years ago. I remember back then you could buy the book that said Travel Europe on $10 a day. That's how long ago it was. Today it'd be like $100 a day. But we wanted to go see specific museums. Now, to, get, to let you know that I'm a redneck from the middle of America, museum, I'm not a real connoisseur of museums. So when we showed up at this one museum, it was very interesting. I'm looking at the exhibits, trying to figure out what's going on here, you know, and I overhear a lady in the corner. She's talking and describing the exhibit. So I just said, hmm, I'm going to mosey on over there, you know. And I found my way through the crowd to hear this lady. And she waxed on eloquently about this exhibit. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I wasn't understanding what she was saying. She's like, sir, this is a paid tour. Sir, this is a paid Sir, this is a paid Sir, this is a paid tour. I had joined a crowd of people that had paid to listen to this lady. And she was calling me out right there. And that moment I looked around and everybody's looking at me and I'm like, oh my, I felt like an outcast outside this group for sure. So I did what any husband would do. I went to go find my wife. And you know what my wife did? She ran from me. Sorry, baby. That's the truth, though. We've all had some sort of experience like that where we felt like an outcast, a reject, somebody outside the crowd, whether it's been a, a job promotion that passed you over or, or maybe it's the last person picked on a sports team. We've all felt that tension of not fitting in at times. Some, some of us are the black sheep of our family. Just, it, it just don't fit in. And today we're going to talk about a man, a wee little man at that, Zacchaeus. And we're going to learn from him today what he, what, what, you know, he was rejected from his community. But the thing about him is he wanted to see Jesus. How many of you all want to see Jesus? That's my greatest desire when I wake up in the morning, I want to see Jesus because he's here. In fact, he actually can be seen all through creation. Romans chapter 1 says, he's here. Sometimes I see him through you guys. God, Emmanuel, is with us. So let's pick up this story in Luke chapter 19, verse 1. It says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief, a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Interestingly enough, Zacchaeus' name in Hebrew means clean and pure. But this cat was everything not that. He wasn't clean and pure. In fact, he was the chief of tax collectors. So there's tax collectors And then there's the chief of tax collectors. He would have had tax collectors underneath him. And he was known to skim off the top. A cheater. This guy was an outcast even to his own community. He was a Jew that was working for the Roman government. So imagine being a neighbor. Imagine being in his neighborhood. Imagine being a relative of this guy and watching him as he's building a bigger house having a bigger car. Well, I guess he wouldn't have had a car back then. But having better clothes, wearing finer or, or eating finer food. Imagine this guy. And he is doing all of that by cheating his people. That is Zacchaeus, the wealthy thief of Jericho, hated by his own people. And so this is where the story gets really interesting. Verse, verse 3 He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, how many short people we got in here? (laughs) Vertically challenged people. God loves you. But this guy, he couldn't even see over the crowd. So he climbed up. He ran ahead and he climbed up in a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming his way. Now, I, I, I feel for this guy You know, just like I said, I I have felt like a a reject, an outcast in my life growing up. Not quite fitting in with the the groups that I wanted to. I feel for this guy and I love the buildup of the curiosity. The curiosity that took him, a, a Jew, wearing, I don't even know what they call it, a robe back then. By the way, men back then didn't climb trees in robes, okay? They didn't do that. But the curiosity was getting the best of him. And even though he was short, he made his way up that tree. And all the people that were surrounding Jesus that, that walked with him, he, he wouldn't have been able to hear or see God. So you can picture me back in that museum <laughs> and then being called out. I'm sure those people, as they saw Zacchaeus up in that tree, was going, what in the world is this guy doing? But Zacchaeus is going to do what it takes. He wants to see Jesus. And you know, I've heard so many stories of how you all came to Dubai. Some of you left your families and, and actually some, some families actually gathered money to send you here for the dream, for the riches and the glory of Dubai. For the temporal things of life. And then some of you have found the eternal things of life. The glorious riches that can only be found in Jesus. Some of you have faced great persecution and odds and threats in your life. All to see and hear more about Jesus. Some of you I know, I've heard this Just because of your name in your country, you have a Christian name, and that name alone has kept you from getting a job in your country. You know what it's like to be rejected. And here, Zacchaeus climbs up this tree, and here's what happened in verse five. And when Jesus reached the spot, he, Jesus, he looked up, And he said, Zacchaeus, get down here. Immediately, come down here. I just love that picture. I must stay at your home today. Now, if you were walking in that crowd, watching this take place, you can only imagine that the people had been like, uh, excuse me? Do you know even who you're talking to? They always did that to Jesus. Jesus had a way of turning everybody's worlds upside down. If you want to grow in the kingdom of God, you got to go low. The humble will be exalted. The exalted will be humbled. Jesus' kingdom principles are the opposite of the world. He leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Our God, the king has come, and guess what? He loves rejects. He loves outcasts. He loves sinners. I'm sure they were thinking, how did he even know Zacchaeus' name? And second, why would he, why would he visit him? There's no hope for this guy. Feel it. He's not, even, he's not a real Jew. If he was a real Jew, he works for the, he works for the Romans. He's, he's a traitor. He, he's gone. He's lost. And in this culture, no devout Jew would go into a sinner's house and eat with him. But before the crowd responds, Zacchaeus, he jumps out of the tree. He comes down. He too must have been shocked by Jesus' demand. And yet we see in verse 6 here, he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly with no hesitation. He climbs down that tree and he does what? He welcomes him gladly. You see the humility, you see the joy of that experience and you recognize at that moment, he recognizes the authority of the one, Jesus. Get down there immediately and he responds. And you could think of the crowd going, he's not one of us, he's not one of us. He's not a, a son of Abraham like us. You know, churches are filled around the world today. But to come to church and be the church is two different things. I remember an old singer named Keith Green. He he said, going, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) But here's a warning. There's a warning in this story to all of us. How our community judges us and our relationship with other people is not the same way Jesus judges us. He would not even have had anything to do with Zacchaeus if he was listening to the crowd of people. Caution us, followers of Jesus. Jesus hung out with sinners. He hung out with outcasts. Do we? Do we have any friends and that do we have any coworkers that don't believe in the God that we serve? Jesus has a heart for them. He loves them. But Jesus again isn't like us. I love to see him. I, I love his word. But any more the older I get, I, I, I try to imagine his posture in the scriptures. Because sometimes his word is, is black and white and in some parts red. But it's his posture towards people that I love to see over and over. Jesus, if he was using the crowd standard, he wouldn't have been hanging out with Zacchaeus, this guy. And he sure the heck would never have hung out with me and most of you. But before having Jesus even come over to his home, Zacchaeus does something here. It's a response, something I believe that's going on inside. It is the work of God through the Holy Spirit. A transformation is taking place in his heart. He has been called out of the crowd by Jesus, addressed by Jesus, given given the love and attention of Jesus. And, and get this, I don't see a correcting and I don't see a rebuke. This would have been a perfect time for Jesus. With, you know? He could have stood his ground and said, Zacchaeus, short dude, you do this, 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 this. You remember that it's God's loving kindness that leads us to repentance. I love that. I love that he's not rebuking him. He's not correcting him. His very presence is doing a transforming work in his life. In verse 8, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'm going to pay him back four times. That's a lot of dough, people. Four times. So, this guy isn't like trying to check a box and and make it look good for him. No, he has been moved. He says, here and now. He did it that day, in that moment. He took action. This isn't just talk, this is what we call deep repentance. Repentance is a word that we don't hear in the church very often these days, but it is a biblical word. Acknowledging his sins, he stands up and not only confesses them, but publicly, he not only confesses them publicly, but seeks to make things right for his wrongs. When you get in the presence of God, this is what happens. He changes us. He rearranges us. He gives us new life. So Zacchaeus is responding to this beautiful grace that Jesus has shown him. And what it looks like is repentance, repentance, true repentance. And in the light of it, Jesus before the entire community listening in affirms this true good news. And what is it? Right here it is, verse nine. Jesus said to him, today, today salvation has come to your home. Even you that are listening online, listen to this story of Zacchaeus. Today, salvation can come to your home. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. He's not an outsider anymore. You see what he was doing? The shame that this man bore over the years that he was wearing on his sleeve God brought honor, the one and only king that has come that can only bring and restore honor in our life, the only one that is able to destroy the works of the devil, the only one who can take away our sins. Nobody can do it. He clarifies who he is and why he's come in verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save lost. I heard a quote by a popular professional psychiatrist named Kurt Thompson. And it goes something like this. We all come into the world looking for someone looking for us. Let me say that again. It's true. We all come into the world looking for someone looking for us. In worship this morning, I saw people's hands being raised. It's like even that expression as a child, one of the first movements they have is the reaching out. We come into the world looking for someone, looking for us. And when Zacchaeus looked for Jesus, he found the very one looking for him. Friends, I... I pray a lot for each one of you. In fact, we have a prayer team praying for this message right now. In fact, we've, a lot of times we pray over every one of these seats because we want you to know every week, be reminded, if you don't or be reminded, that God is seeking after you. And every lost part in you, he's seeking after. The light has the power to permeate darkness. And when we get in the presence of God and the gospel takes effect in our life, his truth goes deeper into the caverns of our dark soul. And he says, okay, give me that, Tim. Give me that, Bob. Give me that, Jennifer. Give me that, Abraham. Let me have that sin. Let me have that stain. Let me have that darkness and replace it with my beautiful, most marvelous light. If Zacchaeus was here this morning, which I wish he would, we're going to meet these guys one day. Isn't that amazing? Everyone we're reading about, we're going to meet them one day. I love that idea. So we can ask those hidden questions, you know. What did you really mean when you said this? <laughs> did it hurt when you jumped out of the tree? How short were you? <laughs> Scholars say that he was under five feet tall or one and a half meters but if he was here this morning and shared with us what would he say? What would his words would be to us? I can imagine him saying something like this. You're not an outcast. God saw me. He sees you. He sees you right where you are. He sees you in the midst of your sin. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. I think Zacchaeus would be pulling on our heart right now saying, this God that we're worshiping, he sees you. Oh, I know he sees everybody else, but no, he sees you. He knows when you've been sleeping. He knows when you've been awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for God. That's a weird song, by the way. And and, and you know what? God doesn't care if you've been good or bad because our gospel is not about our goodness. It's about his goodness. It's not about our righteousness. It's about his righteousness. So I think he would say, God is seeking after you. He sees you. He welcomes himself into your home, into your heart. And in the book of Revelation, he says, Behold, I stand at the door, knocking, knocking, If any man open, I will come in and I will sup with him. I'll have dinner with him. I will commune with him. Find that about any other God. It's not there, people. There are some religions that are so out there they can't even understand their own religion. And that, in a sense, is supposed to be supernatural mystical. And then there's some, which is most, that it's all about climbing a ladder to get to God. Well, the king has come down the ladder and he's come to us. Born of a virgin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. Born in a manger, but he's not just a baby. He's the king and the king is coming again. I believe he would say, guys, his presence. Jesus, presence transformed me. Because of meeting him, my life has never been the same. I would hope he would say something along the lines and say, I'm not perfect though. I want you to know, fellowship, I'm not perfect. None of us are. I'm still tempted to sin, but now I'm aware of it even more. And God helps me to say yes to him and no to my past. Living for him has been the greatest joy of my life. Can I get an amen for that? Living for Jesus is the greatest joy we have in our life. That's why we can say, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I too was a thief at one time. Sorry, boys, you don't know this. (laughs) They're going to be asking lots of questions after this. (laughs) But I was. I was addicted to stealing. And I was picked up by the police. Okay? So I'm not perfect. There's a, lot, there's, a long, there's a longer list of, the, of things. But I was a thief at one time. I got to a point where I didn't want to pay for anything. It's easier to steal it. I was addicted to the adrenaline of stealing stuff. And I remember after Jesus came into my life, interestingly enough, the guy who picked me up was the sheriff of our city and he shared the gospel with me. But once I was born again, I remember being at a store, and a woman had dropped her wallet out of her purse. And the first thing, the first reaction, I got to get that wallet back to her. And I thought, oh, my God. (laughs) Can I say that? No, it was in the right framework, okay? (laughs) OMG. I'm like, something really did happen, because before, I'm thinking... Credit cards, how much money's in there? How can I use it for myself? But I wanted to get it back to her. That's the assurance of salvation. When we see things in our life that are not like we used to be, that's the transforming process that God is doing in our life until we meet him face to face. We're either gonna die and go to be with Jesus or he's coming again and we're gonna see him then. But he wants us to see him now. The king has come. Earlier in Luke chapter 5, verse 31, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. We are all sick. We've been born into a sick world, sickness, the depravity of man. We've been born because we turned our backs on God, so shame entered the world. We dishonored God, and fear is in our heart about death. That is why Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, to spin the story different. Where there's fear... Perfect love casts out fear. Where there's shame, God restores honor through the cross and through his resurrection. And where there's guilt of sin, he can make us innocent and pure before him. We can walk boldly into the throne room of grace. Not because of my blood or your blood, but the precious blood of Jesus I've not come to call the righteous. None of us are righteous, but sinners to repentance. Repentance, repentance, repentance. Why do you keep saying this? Because it was a major part of the ministry of Jesus, his message, the one who came to seek and save the lost. If you don't recognize you're a sinner in need of God and his grace, you'll never get it. You think you're healthy, you're not. You think you're righteous, you're not. You're not. None of us are. We all need Jesus. Repentance is about more than saying sorry. It's it's, it's more than feeling sorry. The biblical repentance involves four things. First, it involves godly sorrow. Sorrow. I think we live in a world right now that there's so much sin coming at us all the time and and things that it's hard. like. we, We get desensitized to it. But as we get close to Jesus and we read his word, it purifies our heart and we see things for what it is. And when it shows up in our life, we have godly sorrow. I want to get away from that. Lord, help me. For I'm a sinner in need of your mercy. Second part of repentance is confession. Scriptures say, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Now that is healthy to do. That's what I love still about the Catholic Church. Only one can forgive us of our sins. But I tell you what, when I go into the Catholic Church and I see that confessional over there, it reminds me that this truly is supposed to be part of our diet. We're supposed to be confessing Christians, repenting Christians, not for salvation, but so that we can have peace with God. We have the peace of God through the cross. But walking with Jesus gives us the peace of God. Confessing our sins to the Lord. He knows them. He knows them. And he does something in that time when we, when we, conf- we make ourselves vulnerable and confess our so- sins to the Lord. He, 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 there's, that's the transformation process. Repentance. And then turning from it. That's what it means is to, to turn from my way of life. I'm in control, I'm in control, I'm in, to follow God's way. He's in control. And take action steps to avoid sin. Holiness is the fourth part of repentance. God is coming back for a bride without spot or blemish. Holiness. Holiness is what i long for holiness is what i need holiness holiness is what you want from me it goes on to say so take my take my heart and mold it take my mind and transform it Take my will and conform it to yours. Yours, O Lord. So today, if the struggle is greed like it was Zacchaeus, you're a cheater. Let God turn that greed into generosity. If today the issue is anger... You're just walking around in anger. Confess it to the Lord. Ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to deal with your heart and turn that unforgiveness into love. If your situation today is lust, go to God with it. Bring it to the altar of God and say, Lord, help me and help me purify my heart because we do not know when that day is going to come. We live in a small season compared to eternity. And how we live now really makes a difference. To be born again is the first step. But I say this. If all you have is salvation and you said a prayer and you believe in God, but you're not living for God, you're wasting your life. God wants to express his spirit through you. I remember hearing a long time ago, I became a Christian and I began to be concerned about the darkest places of the world, the places where people have never heard the gospel before. And it's like, I kept praying, God, I want to grab a hold of all the world. I want to get a hold of all the world and share the gospel. I want to see your kingdom spread throughout all the world. And my mentor said this to me, he said, Let him get a hold of all of your heart before. Because if he gets a hold of all of your heart, then he may use you to get around the world. He sees you. He wants your heart. He welcomes himself into it. And the real stuff transforms us. So as we look, as we look, guys, I'm, I get excited around New Year's time. I quit with all the goals and the, you know, all that. If you do that, it's fine, but it's like I come up with words that I want, words that would describe character transformation in my life. What about holiness this year? What about God? Would you make me would you set me apart? To be more like you. I'm looking for the God that is already looking for me. He wants to do it in me even more than I want him to do it in me. This is our wonderful king. This is the message that sets us apart from every other religion. Just this morning, again I, this has been weekly by God's grace we have been seeing people's lives saying that very thing they're sorry for their sin they're confessing it they're they're taking action they're turning from it and they want to walk in holiness and they entered the this is pastor Barack on the left and and Dr. Joyce there in the middle, only two precious souls that have said yes to Jesus. And what they've done is they've walked into these waters of baptism, which is a public proclamation just saying this. I'm dying to me, just like Jesus went into the ground and died and was risen again, new life. And just as they come out of the water, it's a public proclamation. Things are different. I jumped out of the tree, and I'm eating with Jesus. Last month, I had the privilege of of being with Pastor, um, um, Pastor Kumar in Hyderabad, India. It's the largest church in the whole world. It was amazing. I couldn't believe that there was a place, a church that big. And what I did in part of my message is I had everybody get out their phones. In fact, would you get out your phone right now? Wave your phone. Let me see you got a phone. If you don't, some neighbor, buy, buy the person a phone. <laughs> and I want you to go to the clock on your phone. Go to the clock on your phone, and I want you to set an alarm for every day. Some of you are going to do this, some of you are not. Some of you are following Jesus. Some of no. <laughs> 1002 Set it for 1002 1002 now here's the significance of that verse Luke 10:2 Luke 10:2 says the harvest is plentiful Jesus is saying the harvest is plentiful and my goodness in Dubai it is very plentiful but the laborers are few pray Things happen when we pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And when I pray that prayer, I say, Lord, I want to be that laborer today. Send forth me and to my community. Would you join me in this prayer? Now, I don't, honestly, I don't, I'm not able to do it every single time my alarm goes off. But I tell you what, I do get to pray a lot more for the harvest field and for the nations, some of which you guys come from. I pray for my own nation too, and I pray for lost souls in dark places that have never heard the good news that transformed this wee little man and this wee little man. God is in the transforming business. Let's pray. Father in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come in us, Lord. Your body right here, fellowship, God, let it come. Lord, may we have godly sorrow for the things that hurt your heart. Oh, God, may we confess them to you. Lord, may we turn from and we take action to avoid those dark places, those temptations, Lord Jesus. And we turn to you in it, Lord, because this coming year, we want it to be marked with holiness, Lord God. It's what you long for. In fact, holiness is what you are to us. You're the holy one. We're not perfect. You're the perfect one, Lord God full of love, grace, and mercy for all those who are outcast, which is all of us, Lord. Thank you for this great gift of salvation, the best Christmas present we could ever receive, Lord. I pray during this season, we give this gift out to others, Lord. Move among this family of friends for your glory and our good, in the name of the Father and the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen.